Welcome listeners to another episode of Monday Re-Release. Today we are re-releasing a series that was produced in March of 2021 called Survey 101, Building a Research Survey. This three-part series is a high-level overview of the design, execution, and analysis of an online research survey. This is episode one, laying the foundation for a successful survey. To view the webinar version of this program, please follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to part one, defining your research objective. In this part of the course, we will cover the role of team members in defining the objective, how you can use the literature review to help you with the objective, And then finally, determining the extent to which your research objective is qualitative or quantitative and help you frame and move forward um, with that perspective. Important to involve the whole team as early as possible. Just like building a house, think of the research objective as the foundation that takes into account the systems supported by and woven through the house, like the electrical, plumbing, etc. For survey research or any type of research, the objective as the foundation has to account for details such as the literature review to set the context and the type of data questions produce. Those things affect your statistics and your analysis. So let's talk about the team involved in your research. You may have several on your team, or it might just be you, a team of one. If you're lucky enough to have others working with you, your team may include providers such as physicians and clinics, maybe pharmaceutical companies or organizations like PEDRA. You may be working with other researchers and even have statisticians and medical writers on hand. Regardless of your team size, there are two primary roles. The sponsors of the research, and that could include the physicians, clinics, and organizations, and the producers, the researcher, writers, statisticians. Early investigators are often both the sponsor and the producer. And of course, if you are working alone, you'll be taking on all these roles. So what should a research objective be? Um, First of all, it should be in the context of current literature. It should be in line with the sponsor's mission and or initiatives, um, relevant and important, original and of interest, and feasible. That is, it's answerable given the time and budget you have. Uh, It should be clear and succinct and not overly broad. So let's briefly look at what your collaboration might look like. As mentioned earlier, the role of the provider may shift throughout the project between sponsor and producer. Providers might initiate or support research based on gaps they see in practice, trends they observe among patients, data opportunities, recent findings from a conference or literature. So they might get it going and then their role may vary in terms of how much they're actually involved in producing the research if they sometimes they will pull a team together to actually carry it out likewise pharmaceutical companies and organizations like pedra may initiate or support research and then 
come in and out in terms of the producer. So they might review your survey, they might participate in the questionnaire design or the questions used in the survey, but they're not necessarily going to be collecting the data. It's the researcher and the person running the stats and who might be more involved in actually producing the research. Uh, much of this falls on the researcher and that might be you in this case. Um, when it comes to writing the objective, it's really the researcher and the person running the stats to determine what is feasible in terms of sample and analysis requirements. So the researcher and statistician, has, they have to um, ensure that whatever the objective is can be carried out given the budget and, um, and the time you have allowed. The writer might craft the research objective and maybe they will, you know, carry it through and monitor uh, what that objective is as um, you run into barriers or challenges throughout the research process. But it's very important that the writer, the person writing the, the article, the journal article, is um, really paying attention to what is intended and what eventually um, comes through in the end. Too often we have seen the literature review completed as a post hoc activity, something done at the end of the research instead of at the beginning. Some obvious benefits of a literature review are providing context and justification for your own research. In addition to that though, details in the methods used or the data collected can be super helpful for you. For example, you can use the means and standard deviations of related research to determine the appropriate sample size for your survey. Or you could use previously identified themes to help you frame and craft close-ended survey questions. You may even discover validated questions that have already been created that you can just use directly. Another resource is to consider the requirements of your target publication. For example, if you're planning to publish in the Journal of Pediatric Dermatology, you will want to know what the requirements are for web-based research while you are in your planning phase of defining your objective. Avoid the pitfalls of being unaware of these requirements until you're polishing your manuscript for, sub for submission. At that point, it might be too late to address the potential requirements. The Journal of Medical Internet Research recommends using a checklist for web-based surveys. This is known as the CHERIES checklists. The checklist ensures that you have considered things like the survey length, randomizing questions, participation and completion rates, use of cookies and IP checks, use of log files to identify responses from the same respondent, and statistical corrections like weighting. Even if the checklist is not required, it is very useful in terms of a consulting document as you are defining your objective and considering the feasibility. While sponsors may or may not be explicitly involved in determining the feasibility of the research, their missions and objectives will affect feasibility. To ensure a smooth process, we recommend clearly communicating the interests 
and potential biases among sponsors. It is common to have sponsors with different or even competing interests. Survey research has this potential to attract additional sponsors, people who want to just add a question or two to a survey. Be aware that these additions can compromise or sidetrack the original objective. Both the value of the literature review and the CHERRY's checklist have illustrated the need to involve the statistician early at this stage. Their involvement in defining the objective is necessary. They are especially valuable when determining sample sources, sample size, and analysis necessary to meet the objective. You don't want to discover at the end of your study that you don't have sufficient statistical power to detect the effect that you're researching. Finally, it is critically important that the one producing the conference or journal paper is involved from beginning to end. The writer needs a clear understanding of the objectives, the resulting analysis, and the history of decisions when writing up the results. A shared understanding of the research objective will keep continuity between the sponsors and producers. So it's worth taking the time to get input early on as this will result in buy-in from team members. Survey research involves many detailed steps that can be long and tedious and may require you to revise the objective over time. You may run into obstacles over the course of the project, such as adding additional sponsors or stakeholders that take your objective in another direction or getting lower than expected response rate to your survey, or collecting data that doesn't meet the statistical requirements to confidently lead to the conclusions you are hoping to. As you are working with your team in defining the objective, consider to what extent your research is qualitative versus quantitative, or a mix of both. As a reminder, quantitative research typically involves collecting and analyzing numerical data, such as dates, ratings, close-ended questions. And you're doing this to find patterns and averages, making predictions, um, you're testing causal relationships, and generalizing your results to a wider population. Qualitative research, on the other hand, typically involves collecting and analyzing non-numerical data. For example, open-ended questions, interview responses, observations, and you're doing this to understand experiences and feelings, behaviors, or opinions. Quantitative research requires larger samples and more controls, whereas qualitative generally requires fewer responses, but the responses are typically more in-depth and thoughtful for the, from the participant. If your research is to describe, explore, or identify, a more qualitative approach will be required, whereas if you are assessing, measuring, and predicting, you are likely going to need a quantitative approach. A lot of survey research is a mix. You may collect both qualitative and quantitative data in your survey. 
For example, if your objective is to identify practice gaps in target areas for education in sun protection among pediatric rheumatologists and patients, then your survey may ask open-ended questions about these practices and then use qualitative analysis techniques to identify themes and generate a list of common practices. Or in this example, if your objective is to evaluate the practices and protocols regarding neonatal skin care that are currently utilized in newborn nurseries and NICUs across the United States and Canada, then you've already been, you've already identified those practices and you want to evaluate them. You want to evaluate the effectiveness of these practices. So you might be using a mix of qualitative and quantitative questions that include things like scales of satisfaction or effectiveness. However, if you're doing something like measuring the effect effectiveness of electrocardiograms prior to treatment for screening infants using a particular treatment, then your survey will probably be primarily quantitative gathering data such as explicit treatment doses and well-defined outcomes. Your survey is likely going to be a mix of qualitative and quantitative questions. Your quantitative questions are going to be specific, narrow questions with numeric or close-ended responses. Your qualitative questions will be broad, general questions looking for verbatim responses. In our example, suppose your objective is to determine the effectiveness of treatment A versus treatment B. So a quantitative question might be, how many months have you been on treatment A? And you're going to ask everybody this question. And they're going to enter a number of zero or greater. And then let's say you want to only get verbatim responses from a subset of those people. So you might, might choose 36 months as your criteria and ask those people who have been on it for 36 months or greater um, what their experience has been on treatment A. So this is going to be a smaller sample and you're going to add, analyze them as qualitative, these responses as qualitative data. One reason to consider to what extent your survey is qualitative versus quantitative is the effect on cost. The primary driver of cost with survey research is sample size. More sample will simply cost more money. Likewise, collecting qualitative data is more expensive overall. Conducting a survey with a phone interview will cost more than a web-based self-administered survey. But while online surveys are lower cost per respondent than, say, a phone survey, the qualitative questions within that survey can increase the cost of analysis because those open-ended questions have to be coded, and that takes time. At this point, you might pause and question whether an online survey is really the best approach to meet your research objective. It is tempting to use online surveys because they often cost less than other methods and the survey tools are ubiquitous and easy to use. However, if you're in need of clinically accurate data, surveying providers and patients may not get you there. 
you might be better off using data mining techniques on clinical data. Or if you're studying a complicated phenomena, doing in-depth interviews may be more appropriate. Another option is to supplement your survey data. For example, with a handful of in-depth interviews or clinical data to provide a more accurate or complete picture of your area of interest. This completes the first part of our course, defining the research objective. In summary, involve all members of the team early, use the literature review to inform your objective, lean on their researcher and statistician to determine what is feasible, determine the extent to which your research objective is qualitative versus quantitative, as this will affect budget, feasibility, and your overall approach going forward with the project.